The topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4CY Radio or its employees or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. Welcome back, everyone, to the Geeks, Geezers, and Googleization Show, the home of Googleization Nation, where we talk with HR and business thought leaders about the crazy shift going on in the world of business, technology, and HR. Here's your host, Ira Wolf. Ira, I do not hear you. Uh, wait. There you are. There you are. Now I hear you. Excellent. <laughs> hey, so welcome back, everyone, uh, to the Geek Skeezers and Googleization Show. And uh, thank you for being part of Googleization Nation. We have got a great show. Hard to believe it is December already. So we're on show 48 for the year. That's just, um, I mean, that just blows my mind uh, that we're that far along. Uh, I'm not sure six, nine months ago, we would have thought we've gotten this far. <laughs> and and still be talking. Well, we're not talking about the pandemic today, but we're talking about changes that <laughs> have been you. accelerated by the pandemic. And uh, we'll be. Our guest today is Mark Babbitt. Uh, he is uh, president of uh, Work IQ and the founder and CEO of U-Turn. We'll talk about that, about uh, internships, uh, but especially we're going to talk about com something that's uh, near and dear to your heart, Joyce. Yes. Uh, <laughs> company culture. So for uh, sure, for sure. Time. Uh, just a little earlier today, you know, right before I go on the show, I mean, I'm always doing a lot of reading and there's a lot of things. Uh, this morning, uh, it turns out we were both on this master class for AQAI uh, and we heard from Nancy Watt, who, by the way, I was about to tell you, uh, Nancy, uh, who does a lot of improv and, and I met her through the AQI, the Adaptability Quotient uh, community, uh, will be our guest on February 10th. Oh, so that's wonderful. Yeah, so yeah, right. yeah, we've got a great lineup of people coming up. Uh, I think we're scheduled through about mid-February, and we got uh, a bunch of other people that need to get scheduled. So that'll be that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, but we were on this AQI talking about um, how to use improv, uh, the importance of adaptability. Uh, she was just she's just a wealth of knowledge and uh, learning about everything. But well, right before that, I was I was doing some reading. And I caught this this quote. It was just a, it was just a statement yeah. in, in an old book I had, and it says, "Managing change is everyone's job." Uh, for sure, it is. You, you know, about, yeah. You know, in the past, when this was written, and it's actually probably a twenty-year-old book, I, I think they were talking about how do we get people involved in change in in a culture. But now it's really from an individual basis. Everybody needs to be responsible to change, to learn how to adapt, to, to be, to accommodate. It's not just change, being part of an organizational change. We're part of a world change. I mean, and that's where the adaptability skill set can really make a difference. Right. Everybody needs that. And, you know, again, we talk about 375 million people worldwide being out of a job in the next few years. Um, people are going to have, it's not just a matter of what new technical skill do I need? Um, this is going to be ongoing. So, uh, and, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. I mean, basically, I, um, right before the show, we were all on the air with Mark and, uh, you know, Mark had said, we've been talking about the same thing for 30 years and, and probably longer than that. 
Uh, and, you know, it's, it's about time that th- this has got to be the tipping point. Uh, well, you know, we've been talking about it, but really with different words and from slightly different perspectives. And as we have evolved as a society, as a, as a, a culture, not necessarily corporate culture, although that's evolved as well, the, the terms have changed, the perspectives have changed. And that's why I really like what Mark is doing, because I feel like it's, it's, it's up to date, it's contemporary, it's kind of here where we need to be right now. So I'm really looking forward to our conversation with him. And I, and I think one of the things that's changed along the lines with that, and it fits right into everything that I talk about with VUCA and, and the fast changing world, is that for a long time, there were a lot of publications that were put out there, you know, Workforce, and, and seemed like Workforce 2020 was that one that was far out there. Didn't it? It seemed like it was like the next era, didn't it? And then the next thing we knew, we were there. And and, and the big guns, you know, the McKinsey's of the world and the Deloitte's would write about Workforce 2020. And I was like, oh, we'll put that in our planning and we're going to have workforce development and we're going to have our strategic plan and we're going to incorporate business and culture and diversity and all these terms, which which was fine because we lived in a linear world. Things were incremental. And all of a sudden, again, everybody now understands what an exponential hook looks like, uh, you know, from COVID. I mean, you probably ask a three-year-old and they probably can explain what an exponential curve looks like when it just abruptly, all of a sudden, seemed like it was going wrong nicely and all of a sudden just shoots up. Um, that's the world we're living in. And we're at that tipping point because there is no more, oh, we're going to put it into our budget next year or this is on our five-year plan, but we're not there yet. Uh, it's all there. It's all sitting right in front of us. And and I think that's the big difference. So hopefully, and maybe that's my, my optimism coming out, hopefully it is that this time will be different, that we will make the changes, whether it's culture or whether it's diversity and inclusion, which is part of that, uh, whether it's how we hire people, whether it's what careers look like, all those things, hopefully we're at that tipping point, which is probably a really good segue to bring Mark on because he is certainly one of the experts on this and he's got uh, work IQ, which, uh, and if you wanna talk about somebody as passionate or maybe even more passionate, if that's possible, about uh, this subject, uh, we'll have Mark Babbitt. And um, Welcome, I'm also Mark. curious about what Mark's gonna be able to, to say about, the, uh, what, about his company U-Turn. So Mark, welcome. Well, thank you both. Did you, Ira, did you say it was December? When, when did that happen? <laughs> just, yeah. just, yeah, you're not too far you out. Blink and, <laughs> and it's December, right? Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Just, yeah, you just have to flip the calendar one day. So that's that's about <laughs> it. So, so Mark, we, we talked, you know, a lot of things we talked two years, well, it's a year and a half ago, uh, which seems like ages, decade ago. Uh, my my talk at the SHRM was keeping the H in HR. And at that time, it was mostly, I think people came to my session thinking that I was going to tell them technology is bad, get technology out of here. We just need to do everything by humans again. Um, because I think a lot of people were disappointed that I That's not what you did, right? <laughs> um, but the technology allowed us to be more, to, to spend more time with humans and HR sort of defaulted to oh, we could get technology to fix that problem because we're so busy. Um, obviously, 
preaching to the choir here. Uh, we're talking, you know, we, you, you describe yourself as a, as, a, as a culture architect and there's a lot of change. So tell us a little bit about Work IQ, uh, and then we'll get into, uh, you know, how, how can we put the human back in HR? So Work IQ, or in Joyce, was, was built out of frustration, I guess you would say. And Joyce, uh, it, early in the show, you mentioned that we're using different words, different nomenclature, different nouns to, to, to try and move the needle after decades of talking about company culture and, and workplace fulfillment and, and so-called employee engagement, which we spent billions of dollars on over the last three decades, and we haven't moved the needle one little bit, right? right? So, so we developed a term, a term, workplace intelligence. And, and it's very simple what emotional intelligence is to an individual, workplace intelligence is to a work team or to an executive team. And it's all about how we work together to solve the problems or to meet the challenges in front of us. And, and it, it, it's really funny because not only was the term accidental and the, and the, and the company accidental, it was born out of my own frustration. I'd been in the career world for, for years, the HR recruiting, online, online recruiting. Um, my first two startups were in the online recruiting world. And, and we would find young people, these amazing jobs, only for them to go to the companies and go, my dream job's kind of a nightmare. This, this place sucks. And, and I don't know how to make it better. And, and so from that frustration, we started really diving into something that I am incredibly passionate about is what, what's it like to go to work today? How does it feel when we, you know, we close that car door, we get off the train and we look up and there's the, the business and we, our shoulders slump. We just go, oh crap, I'm back at work. And it's, it's really all about the experience. It um, is. That's, that's it exactly. And by the way, uh, Joyce, I'm so glad you mentioned that because we've, we like a lot of other people now have changed uh, the phrase employee engagement to employee experience because Engagement, by definition, is manipulative. It's a management tool to try and get more out of our people. It isn't a mutually beneficial Maybe. arrangement um, where employee experience is all about the employee and and how they feel when they slam that door, or 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 at the end of the day when they walk back to the car and go, "Oh, I'm so glad the day is over." Or do they say, "My God, I love it here. I love my work." Yeah, there's some bad days. But I, I, I love my team. I love I love our accomplishments. I, I believe in the mission and I can't wait to go back tomorrow. And that, well, that's what we're looking for. I'm not sure you saw it in my background, Mark, but you're preaching to the choir. My new book, which is coming out in January, is called Experience Rules, How Positive Experiences Will Drive Profit into the Future. See, perfect. And 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 so well timed as we as we maybe finally possibly come out of our out of our pandemic world. You know, this is this is the time, and, and Ira, you touched on this. This is the time for rebirth. This is this is. Let's not go back to the last normal. It kind of sucked. Let's let's define the the new normal. Let's let's. Well, if, if you've normal. been looking at any of my work, Mark, you sit you you know that I define what we're in now as normal 2.0, because it's it's an evolution of normal. We're not going back to anything. We're going forward, and then post pandemic will be in normal 3.0. And as Ira has pointed out, there's also a wave kind of cycle going on here at the same time. Yeah, which that, is, that normal, yeah, that normal is the way. I mean, basically, we're, we're, it's not a next normal because, or a normal 2.0 because that, that almost assumes that it's, 
that it will be static. No, not necessarily. <laughs> basically, it's going to come in waves. I mean, this is going to be a series of waves. We're going to ride the crest, and then it's going to go down. It's going to ride the crest, and we'll have a series of normal. But we can debate that. I, that's one of my my things. I've been sort of figuring out what's the right way to describe the next stage. <laughs> you know, new well, normal, uh, next normal, future uh, next. <laughs> a, a wave describes it pretty well, actually. And I hadn't, and I hadn't thought about that until jo Joyce you mentioned it. But between waves, there's this there's this calm moment where. We might take things for granted and we might be tempted to go, oh, thank goodness the pandemic's over. Let's just go back to work as it used to be. And then you turn around and here's this big wave about to just smash the you know what out of you because you weren't prepared. Yeah. And, and that's what we're trying to do. Like you too, that's what we're trying to encourage employers, leaders to do now. Get prepared for that next wave, as you call it. Be Get out in front of it and and, and enjoy the ride rather rather than just – you know, fight this thing that you can't possibly stop. The wave is coming and, and we gotta be ready. I, I have a question for you, Mark. What is, because there are like six or seven things that you have elements that are part of workforce and workplace intelligence. What What is the meaning of, for you, of social intelligence? So social intelligence is, is a phrase we used in in my in my first book, uh, World Gone Social. It is, it is a corporation's ability to align their existing culture in reality to what they're saying online, and and we all know there's a million examples out there. The Wells Fargo's, the Volkswagens, they project uh, an image on, online in their commercials, you know, in their board meetings. But then what you get in reality isn't exactly there. So social intelligence is, is us owning what we are now and, and knowing that it may not be perfect, but we are working toward that, right? And part of it, too, is, you know, you look at, say, Wendy's, right? Wendy's on, on Twitter is now famous for their snarky, sarcastic, uh, you know, tweets and their, and their rivalries with their, with their competitors, and it's just fun, right? And that, and and it turns out that's what it's like to work there, unless you're the guy putting fries in the fryer for the one hundredth time that day. Uh, you know, it 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 is a, a known for being a decent place to work, at least in corporate headquarters. And and their social intelligence is well aligned because that's how they are online, and that's how they are in the office. Well, that's one of the things that I talk about in my book, is that when we get to the point where we have a CEXO, a chief experience officer, it will be that person's job to coordinate all of the messaging, all the branding and all the advertising for all of the stakeholder groups, not just employees and customers. So the, the branding, the messaging that you're giving to your suppliers needs to be aligned with what you're giving to your customers, what you're giving to your employees, it all needs to work together. Well, it sure does. And Joyce, if you don't mind me saying that person's job, and I, w and I wish we had this at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue over the last four years, is to look at the leader and go, your your brand is not matching up with your promises <laughs> right now. And 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 maybe we should maybe maybe we should present the facts and and uh, God bless a CEO or 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 the chief experience officer who can listen to that input and adjust, adapt accordingly. And, and that's what's in short supply. 
we're, we're, we're so busy being what we want to be that we're not getting better at what we want to be. Yeah, I have one more question for you, if that's okay, Ira, and then you can ask whatever you want, because I'm really, really curious about this. And that is, what do you see, Mark, is the greatest shortcoming of today's workplace? Leadership. That's Period. what I think. Too. One word. That's it. It's we we have lost our American spirit of leadership. And and I and I don't want to sound like I should have a flag behind me, but <laughs> but but there's something to be said for that stick to itiveness, the the character, the 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 drive, the, the roll up your sleeves, right? And right. and and now we're you know we're all wearing six thousand dollar suits and showing up to work in a limo, and that's and that's our idea of a of an executive. <laughs> and, 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 well, Ira, you know me; I had to put a collared shirt on just for the show. So. <laughs> <laughs> but but that's what's missing is we we've we've lost our way we've lost our moral compass in a lot of ways which means we've lost our way as leaders and and that above everything else that's my life mission is is to is to convince leaders that they they must model the values that they that they espouse they they have to be uh, the coach the mentor the the sheriff at times saying no that is not. That does not align with our company values. It doesn't align with my values. And here, that's not rewarded. Matter of fact, it's not even tolerated. And we've we've lost that. We're all about results now. And and again, from the political spectrum to the broadcast news spectrum, it's all about results. It's not about character anymore. So so let me give you this. Thanks for the the uh, the key up. Um, basically, that's my uh, job. You both positioned there. Uh, last night, uh, I think Joyce. I don't know if you, if we, you and I talked about this when we talked, uh, spoke a couple weeks ago. But I'm, um, I'm actually teaching a uh, graduate class in organizational change, and last night was our class, and we had um, the, we had a guest speaker on. His name is Ross Bourne. He's CEO of an almost 100 year old confectionery of a candy company. If, if, uh, have you ever seen the Peeps? The oh, uh, yes. Peeps. Right. Uh, yeah. They make Peeps. Yeah. Um, they make Ike and Mike's candy. Um, that, that's one of their older ones. So anyway, he was on and he was he was talking about obviously over 100 years they've had undergo change. Uh, but he had a fascinating story of uh, and this, I think, reflects where we're all headed with culture alignment messaging. Their purpose is bringing their mission, their statement is bringing sweetness to people's lives. So oh, I you love that. Good so it's, it's a great poster. But you know, I mean, you gave the example of a VW, you know, Volkswagen or, or many other companies that don't talk to walk. They have great slogans, marketing slogans, but that's not what it's like to work there. When they voluntarily shut down in March, I was actually supposed to be there and to visit. He was going to get Ross was going to give me a tour of their facility because it's nearby. It's in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. And the day before he called me and he said, hey, I just want to let you know we're going to have to cancel that. I have no idea when we're going to do it again because we're canceling down. That was back in March. They were the only confectionery company in the country that shut down because they are an essential worker. And they shut down because he said, I don't know that we could keep our employees 100% safe. And they eventually ran out of supplies and they went and basically they deal with people all over the country, the, you know, big stores, small stores. Um, and they were going to lose their shelf space, which is huge when you're in that business. 
And they basically said, we, they had such a loyal arrangement. And they said, listen, our goal first, number one, is to, I'm, I, no employee will get sick at, on, on my job, will get infected. And they did not lose one supplier, one customer. That's great. Through the whole thing. They were shut down for six weeks. As a, just a great story. Six weeks, paid everyone the entire time. And that was before PPP. So it wasn't they paid them because of PPP. That was just a bonus that they got some of the money back. Um, that is walking the talk. And to this day, we're into it. They have not had one infection in the workplace. See, I mean, that's that's putting good first. That's leadership. And, and, and yes, and and Mark, wouldn't you agree that that's how you get a loyal workforce and loyal? Right chain and loyal customers. Yes, and, exactly. And not only a loyal workforce, but look at the positive benefits that have been proven over and over again from having a loyal workforce. Retention, employee referrals, uh, 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 productivity, engagement, or experience, right? There's all these business object objectives tied to good leadership and to the loyalty that comes from good leadership. And, and yet, a lot of companies are still suffering well, we, we call it boomer male syndrome. It's the, it's the old white guy who has, who has led his company the same way for 40 or 50 years, and he's not going to change, and he doesn't listen, and he tends to be command and control or an autocrat type. And, and here's the good news. And, and not only do we have a rebirth coming up where we can ride this wave, but everybody, as those, as those boomer males are retiring, Look at the diversity coming in. Look at the, the female leadership, the people of color that are taking leadership roles. Our boards are going to change. All of this is going to change, and it's going to change starting now because I don't think people are willing to go back to that kind of leadership or lack thereof. I think people are looking at this and go, you know what? We've been through hell for the last nine months, and it'll be 13 or 14 months before it's all done. I'm going to go to a company that puts good first. I'm going to go to a company where I trust and believe in the leader and the mission, and everybody else is going to get left behind. No, you're you're absolutely right. And um, you know, again, the the class was made up of uh, students between 24 and 31 years old or so. You know, and that I mean, the message resonated. I mean, that's what they're looking for. That's the type of company. Sure. Um, and you know, so they're learning leadership. And but then look at you know, look at the appointments this week. Um, and not to make this political, but um, look at the White House. Look at all the appointments. Um, again, I think that's going to be a reflection of uh, you know what what companies, what organizations, uh, certainly our demographics is going to reflect our demographics. You know, from the top and. Good news is there's some there's some old white guys uh, <laughs> that are running that. Ross is an old white is, is an older white guy. I won't say he's an old white guy, but he's an he's an older white guy. There again, some of the older maybe baby boomers and women uh, who have been in a position are starting to make those changes. They they realize that we screwed up. We somewhere went from the idealistic '60s and '70s, and everything we said we were going to do, we sort of screwed up. <laughs> And here we are. Here's our last hurrah. Yeah. Well, you know, there's a great line in, in Field of Dreams, and, and the main character's wife looks looks at a woman in a contentious moment and says, I think you skipped the 60s and 70s and went right into the 80s. And <laughs> and that's kind of what we did in the corporate world is, mm -hmm. 
is we just kept trucking along like the industrial age was still the right way to do things. And, and that's, and that's why we still have so many autocratic leaders and politicians and, and, and sure, frankly, all true, thoughts, yes. right. So, we we yes. more in celebrities and politicians than we do in people making a difference. And I, I think that that's another wave that's coming is I, I, I think our, we're going to find our character center again, and I can't wait till it happens. With our limited time left, Mark, we'd like to, uh, I, I'd like to address the whole idea of U-turn and mentorship. And, you know, many people dread being a mentor, but that's because they really, they don't get that in the words of my first spiritual teacher, nothing is a one-way street. And that when we mentor young people, we get as much as we give, if not more sometimes. Well, Would you talk a little bit about U-Turn and how people might be able to get involved if they were interested in doing that? Absolutely. So, so because, you know what, 1999, uh, a good friend of mine called and said, I'm going to compete with monster.com. And I went, who? And, and I didn't even know at the time what Monster really did. I wasn't looking for a job, so I didn't know they were an online job board. So uh, he, over the next several months, talked me into joining their 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 founding team. And and it was so much fun to be part of such a disruptive industry. I mean, we, we completely wiped the newspaper classifieds off the face of the earth, right? Everything went online. Was and, this John that uh, you were, John Taylor, who you were working no, with? No, this... This was the C the CEO and founder of uh, of a company called RegionalHelpWanted.com. Oh, okay. New York. Okay. And and uh, we were so proud of the work we did. And then after we had a nice exit there, I joined another team and and uh, attempted to do the same thing. Uh, but that's when it occurred to me that online recruiting was literally taking the human out of human resources. All anybody had to do was click that that damn apply now button two hundred times. And something good would happen. You didn't have to. You didn't have to know the role. You had to have the right education, come from the right school, and say the right things on a resume. You didn't have to be good, and and you didn't have to know anybody at the company that might mentor you after you got there. And so we founded U-Turn to 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 turn that tide a little bit. We wanted to make internships, apprenticeships, and especially mentorship important again. We and to this day, we're, we've been at this twelve years now. We look at a, at a college student or recent graduate young professional and say, who do you know within that company that can not only help you get a job, but succeed once you're there? And, and we know now from decades of experience that that mentor is, is the key to a great career and a fulfilling life. And, and not just one mentor, but maybe a mentor for financial stuff, another one for technical stuff, another one for business savvy right? The, the people that are thriving in this world today have a stable of mentors that they can call on. When a challenge comes up to them, they reduce the learning curve. They, they take action quicker. They, they're more level-headed level about, about the work they need to do to, to, to fix whatever the problem is in front of them. And, and from the mentorship side, Joyce, as you said, there's nothing more fulfilling to me than being a mentor or, or I've coached, uh, I've coached baseball at all levels for 35 years. There's nothing more important to me except maybe being a father and a grandfather than being a coach. And, and I live for that. I, I love how I, I love how I pay the bills. Don't get me wrong. Um, I, I love that we have another book coming out. I love that uh, the keynotes are going more virtual and, and that's acceptable now. So 
you know, business has changed, but it doesn't make it bad. But what's remained steady the whole time is the idea of being a mentor or a coach and, and helping people thrive. So can you can people go to on U-Turn dot is it dot org or dot com? Dot com. Okay. They can go to uturn.com and sign up to be a mentor. Well, they yes. And and we we actually do it very um, unofficially, if you will. Uh, mostly through Twitter and and Facebook and social channels, we we uh, we will will be at, we stopped it when the pandemic hit, but we have a, a weekly Twitter chat that'll renew in January. And all we do is get recruiters and resume writers and hiring managers and and candidates, college students, young professionals in a Twitter chat all at the same time. So most of our mentor matching is completely unofficial. Uh, we didn't want to be the middleman. We just. And we've never tried to monetize U-Turn. It's a complete passion project. All we do is connect connect people, and I and I love that. Very cool. And that, and that is Y O U T E R N R N. Yes, thank right. you. Yes. Yep. Okay. And your and the other and your other company uh, where you where you where you make your living is WorkIQ.com. Correct. That's right. Thank you. And it's spelled R O W O R Q. IQ, yes? Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Uh, Mark, final words, final comments. Well, I, I want to get back to the wave analogy. I, I, I thoroughly believe that what's coming next is needs to be and is going to be deliberately different. And I don't want humankind to miss this opportunity. I don't, I don't want us to go back to the way it used to be. I don't, I don't want to I don't ever want to see a person of color across the table for me going, this isn't for me. This whole conversation isn't for me. I don't stand a chance. I don't, I don't want to go to a New Jersey university and go, oh, great, another white guy standing up here in front of me talking, but not talking to me, talking about me or, or for me. And, and uh, I think we have a real opportunity to, to turn the tide here, and I, and I just hope everybody takes full advantage. And I know you two are, and I thank you for that. Yeah, and, and appreciate and appreciate the opportunity uh, to Mark for you sharing that uh, being on board again. It takes a village, and and again, I'll close with this uh, stat: sixty four percent of people trust a robot more than a manager. Ah. That's Oracle. Um, that means it's time to change. <laughs> That's what it sums up: taking the eight human out of human, research, right? <laughs> you just broke my heart, Ira, but I get it. I get it. It's it's a it's it has, actually it's a really interesting study. It's it's by Oracle. Just go and look up that stat, and uh, we'll probably I'll put it. I'll make sure it's in our uh, write up for the uh, podcast. But uh, yeah, it was it was act, it was worse than that. I think it was eighty two or eighty four percent of employees would rather trust a robot to discuss their well being than talk to a manager. So wow. <laughs> yeah. It, it was, it's, pretty, it's pretty horrific. Yes. Mark, so, thank you so Mark, much for being here with us. Have a good holiday, Mark. Stay thank safe. You, thank, you. thank you for allowing me to get up here and talk a little bit. Our pleasure. Thank Excellent. you. Joyce, um, another, another wow. great uh, <laughs> These are going, these 25, 30 minutes um, interviews are just going faster and faster. Um, but we got to take a break because we're going to talk about ahead of the curve, normal 2.0. That's going to be coming up. Uh, you've been listening to the Geek Skeezers and Googleization Show. I'm Ira Wolf. I'm here with my co-host, Joyce Joya. 
uh, from the Herman Group. We didn't even get into that, where you were from. I swear, sort of just blew into that. Uh, we'll be talking uh, very shortly about Ahead of the Curve, uh, Normal 2.0, but we're going to hear first uh, from our sponsors, Success Performance Solutions. Hiring top talent shouldn't be left up to the roll of the dice. And yet, that's exactly what many organizations do. They roll the dice, cross their fingers, and pray for a better outcome. Hiring the right employees the first time is much too important and way too costly to leave to a game of chance. Your employees and your customers deserve better. For 25 years, Success Performance Solution has been helping small and medium-sized businesses hire smarter. They offer pre-employment and leadership assessments from typing and data entry to C-suite competence. Whether it's production, sales, healthcare, call centers, or management, Success Performance Solutions can help. Visit their website at www.successperformancesolutions.com to schedule a free demo or call 800-803-4303. A lot of you might be feeling like you're standing in deep shift, but do you know what grows and rises out of deep shift? Opportunity. To successfully navigate the shift to the new normal, each of us must learn to rapidly adapt to the speed of change. Some of us are hardwired for this, others, not so much. That's where Success Performance Solutions can help. Success Performance Solutions is now your AQ headquarters. Whether you are personally struggling with the next chapter in your career or wondering how ready your team is for fast, disruptive change, our AQ assessment and coaching will provide you a detailed, scientifically-backed roadmap to guide you into the new normal. Optimize your adaptability today. Contact Success Performance Solutions about evaluating your team's change readiness or joining our upcoming AQ Masterclass. Visit SuccessPerformanceSolutions.com or call us at 800-803-4303. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to the Geek Skeezers and Googleization Show. Uh, we are, uh, again, another great segment we had with Mark Babbitt. Uh, that was fascinating. Uh, and um, now, we're, basically, we started this, Joyce, uh, a few weeks ago uh, as just kind of an ad, you know, kind of a section talking about the Herman Trend Alert, some features you had. Um, we talked, uh, Mark had agreed uh, earlier. Uh, we all agreed earlier, but Mark brought it out that the number one, you know, the one thing that's lacking today is leadership. And you, we started out, we kicked off this segment uh, a few weeks ago about with leadership 2.0. Uh, last week, we had an interesting about hospitality or hotel hacks. Right. <laughs> and this week, I wanted to talk about the value of thinking like a futurist. Okay, super. Before we get there, and before, just so we don't run out of time, I want to bring up a couple things. Sure. Uh, one is uh, for the rest of the year, we got two great speakers next week, or uh, guests. Next week, uh, on we have Alan Ballou from ITR Economics. Uh, I, I had to look up the statistic just to make sure it was still real, especially after this year. Uh, he and his brother uh, have been in partnership. They have an economics firm, super speakers. He's a, Alan's been a frequent guest of ours. And he's going to talk about what to look forward to, what are, what's the dynamics. But his firm, since 1985, has had a 94.7% accuracy rate uh, predicting one year out. 
And if you look, if you go up to their website, which is ITR Economics, if you look at their website and they show you where it was, they haven't done 2020 yet because it's not over. But at 2019, even with the pandemic, they mm. are they're in Great. like high 90 percent. So you want to make sure that you're tuned in next week or listen to the replays uh, to find out what's ahead, because you, you got a 97, 95 percent chance um that this is what's going to happen and then the following week uh we're going to for the final show of the year we're going to have dennis hill and dennis is going to be talking about data privacy and data ownership um something that we all need to be aware of so that'll be fun and we got a whole we have a great lineup in january and february we already mentioned nancy watt i don't remember her date i'm not singling her out but uh only because we we just uh she just signed up to this morning yeah, <laughs> Na- nancy is just wonderful she yeah, really that'll, is that'll great we'll be talking about that um and um now back to you uh so <laughs> let, let's talk about uh futurists well, you know, I'm really looking forward to hearing this economist because every year I issue a a for the next year a workforce workplace forecast. Mm-hmm. And a lot will depend on what the what's going to be happening with the economy. But I think it's going to be yeah. We've got two economies. I mean, this morning I just read a report of ha- I mean, it's really horrible. Uh, of the impact that this has had on the black community as opposed and 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 even much worse than than Latino um, that the the hardest impact was black community and then you have um, um, I just got a whole bunch of alerts this morning of um, Wall Street things going you know new records new uh, things are going yes yes it's like it's like yeah, there's a real disconnect between yeah. what's was, going on on Wall Street. You know, people say, but how can you say that our economy is suffering when the stock market is taking off? And I, I explained to them that the stock market is not the economy. It's a gambling casino that just happens to be headquartered in New York City. Right. So it's... It, yeah, it, and, only, and I think what's it, 40%, only 40% of the population actually has any stocks and... and I can't remember the percentage is extremely high out of that percentage of of those that actually own stock, own it through a retirement fund that's funded by the employer, which they really don't control. So- <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, you know, and and I think that a, a lot is going to depend on this election in, that's going to happen in uh, Georgia. And, and the reason is that and and I'm supposed to be talking in January on the very day of the election to the Northern California uh, Institute of Management Consultants folks and we're going to be doing some scenario planning and I'm looking at what happens if the if that election goes one way what happens if that election goes the other way uh, you know it's it's going to make a difference because the uh, if if the folks in Georgia don't get elected, the Democrats don't get elected, then there will be no will in the Senate to put more money into the economy. And the people who are not doing well will continue to do worse and do worse. So right, anyway, right. so uh, let's get back to the value of thinking like a futurist. <laughs> Well, that, uh, I think that's a great segue. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. And why? What is the? 
what is the value? What is the reason that I became a futurist? I became a futurist because what I discovered was back in the late 70s, early 80s, I was the publisher of The Complete Buyer's Guide to Stereo Hi-Fi Equipment. And my clients were, my advertisers were the president and CEOs of the Japanese uh, hi-fi companies that were in the United States and were really doing quite well. They were thriving. And what I discovered is that if in, I could do all the research and, and really analyze things. And if I came to them with intel, with uh, information that they couldn't get, kind of inside information that I had gleaned from just doing the work, that that made me a very special person to them. And taking it a step further, the reason that it made me a very special person to them is that they were then able to do three things based on what I was sharing with them. First, they were able to reduce risk. If they understood better why the yen was fluctuating, then they could make the moves that would cause it either to be more stable or they could account for what would be happening in the future and therefore position themselves better to be successful. The second thing is that they could innovate better. If they had an idea of what the market was going to be wanting in the future, then obviously they could develop products, and this was hi-fi, but clearly there are service providers who can provide the right services for where we're gonna be. Now, I mean, just think about the, this pandemic, right? Uh, we may have another wave next year, and it, it, it may not be this virus. It may be another one. It may we'll be have a wave of something. It well, may be a different I mean, infection. Yeah, I'm always looking for examples for my students as well. I just, again, right before this went on, Wall Street Journal article, UPS is starting to, sh to limit the deliveries for the Gap, Nike, and a whole bunch of other vendors because they don't have the capacity uh, and they were overtaxing the system. So here you have a gap and Nike and retailers are saying, okay, we're gonna salvage the year and we're gonna get this out. And the delivery system, another wave of change <laughs> says, right. nope, no, we're gonna, we're right. gonna stop that, so. <laughs> what, one of the key skills that I'm sharing with my clients is that they're gonna need to be able to ramp up and ramp down quickly in the I'm in the a whole new meeting <laughs> i'm sorry what what just will happen? in time just in time we'll have a whole, whole new meeting new meeting yes yes and the third thing is that when we have a sense for what's coming uh we will be able to invest our resources better here's here's case in point should ups consider bringing on more trucks, hiring more people, or will this just be a temporary thing? It's, you know, like 
seasonal mm -hmm. and will everything drop off when we hit January? Frankly, I don't think so, but we'll see. I don't. If, yeah, go if, ahead. If we take this back to the collab to the workforce. Yeah. Okay. We have yeah. a lot of people. This is what the workforce is going to be. How do we have and flow before it was we needed full time people, part time people or temporary people. We had three categories and that was it. But if we have shared workers is, hey, we don't we need them in delivery in November and December. But I then, know. oh, they get laid off and they go on unemployment and that's the system. And then they go look for another job. Is someone else in, in the spring, in January, February, and March might need those employees. Yes. And, and we're still stuck in this mindset that we have a full-time job, a part-time job, a temporary job, or a gig environment. We can go to a staffing firm and hire these people. And it's all of those at one time. You can be full-time and maybe work for four companies. Yes. And back in 1998, my late partner, Roger Herman, and I wrote a book called Lean and Meaningful, A New Culture for Corporate America. Are you prepared for the future? You probably got a copy. I probably sent you a copy back then. The and The Adaptables, right? And no, that was Turbulence. That was a different book. There, there were 11 books, so <laughs> you're, you're forgiven. And in this, we had a chapter called The Corporation of the Future. And we talked about the design of the corporation of the future. And it would have a nucleus of admin people. And to this nucleus within this cell, as it moved constantly to bob and weave to take advantage of what was going on with markets and with the availability of people, that groups of, of workers would be attracted to this organization, and they would work with the organization just for as long as it made sense for everybody. And then they would come off and a new group of people would come on. And, and that could be individuals, that could be dyads, triads, mm -hmm. you know, it, 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 doesn't, it, it, it doesn't have to be just groups of people, but the idea is that contingent, the contingent workforce is here to stay. And that's exactly what you were talking about. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and but again, people just have identified continued workforce. That means that we can go to Upwork or, or we can have, um, again, the gig economy. We name all these different things. Um, but there is no reason that one employer, one employee, one worker can't have an allegiance, have a loyalty to four different companies simultaneously. And those four companies figure out, well, we can't hire them because we need them at the same time. We'll figure it out. What's the ebb and flow? You don't, it's very rare that two companies, unless they're in the same industry, in the same location, and they're selling the same product, will need people at the same time, um, all the time. So what you're forecasting, my friend, is a consortium of organizations that know that they will, at different times, need folks with a certain skill set. Mm -hmm. And they get together, just like the whole concept of, uh, of uh, street fighter marketing <laughs> that, that you're, uh, but this is, uh, this is using the, uh, an employee population that is the same across all of these different organizations. And they would get together and they would say, okay, how can we work 
our schedule around these other the the needs of our other consor consortium partners mm -hmm. yep. so that we can use these people's talents and abilities and optimize them and make sure that these people have a consistency of income and work. Great idea. It's the counterpart to Upwork. Upwork is, is the labor market and you can go there and you can hire people for the project you need. The problem is, is companies haven't changed the way they hired. Now that's just another staffing. So we, we need, we, now the companies need to create the Upwork or their version to, to meet what the demand is, what the supplier the supply is. So. Really interesting idea, and I'm going to start talking about it when I do my future of work presentations. Great yeah. idea. Super. Um, unfortunately, we're like wrapping up the show already. This is like nuts. It always goes so fast, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just a couple quick announcements. Uh, again, you definitely want to be around next week uh, when Alan Ballou, ITR Economics, um, if anybody that's with a 95% accuracy rate, uh, on, on what's happening with the economy, uh, you got to listen to that. So Alan will be with us next week. Joyce, you, you of course, will be back. Uh, and then uh, we got a special, our, our special, special guest, that's Mike Spermuli, uh, who was, uh, he was co-hosting with me for a little bit. Uh, he's coming on next week. We're going to start a new segment uh, on doing tech. Um, couple, great, couple tips. great. I can't uh, wait to interview Mike. Yeah, the tables Mike, are going to turn, right? Yeah, the gadget guy. He's, a, he's our gadget guy. So we're, we're going to be talking about that. Uh, don't forget to to uh, download my book, when uh, my ebook, uh, When the Shift Hits Your Plan. You can go to when, you shift, when your shift hits your plan.com. And uh, people and can uh, sign up for my Herman Trend Alert. Yeah. And the Herman Trend Alert, right? www.hermantrendalert.com. Yeah, that'll probably scroll across the bottom shortly. Yeah, the newsletter. Uh, and um, I think that's pretty much a wrap. So, again, uh, thank everyone, uh, Googleization Nation, everyone for listening to Geek Skeezers and Googleization. Really appreciate you being here. Thank you, Mark Babbitt, for being a guest. Thank you, Joyce, uh, for joining me again. Thank you, Ira. Uh, and uh, if you missed the show, you can always get it on YouTube. Facebook, uh, or you can listen to it on your favorite podcast or on Apple, Amazon, Spotify, iHeart, you name it. We're there. Stay safe until next week. Take, uh, don't let the shift hit your plan.